All right, so G Money, man, I'm glad. Thank you for being part of this. Anytime, bro. You, uh, you're, you're one of the ones that uh, were like, I feel like in my fourth phase of evolution, you know, up to this point, right? Because I'm, you know, I think it's, uh, the, the goal is to have a lot more life to live, right? But I feel like this, you know, when we met was a, was a part where I was really uh, finding balance in the next phase of my life. And so, you know, you, you're the one that introduced me into, you know, yoga. Um, I think you and TJ both were like uh, big on meditation. Um, Y'all both shaped my uh, focus around violence, which we can talk about why that's a, you know, why that's a good thing. You know, I think especially in business, you know, I, um, you know, I talk about violence as like the capacity to use force, right? And I feel like this has helped um, use it in a balanced way. So. Uh, what I want to just, I want to get thoughts on like, how'd you, you know, how'd you get into your um, caring about mental health and, 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 and your journey on that? I, w- I would say probably my most recent stint into concern about my mental health, health actually occurred after a fight. You know, I, I um, one of my last fights, I was pretty badly concussed um, and I was having a hard time recovering. Um, my symptoms had, had gotten so bad, I was having symptoms like what they call phantom smells. Uh, it's basically the brain tricks you into believing you smell something that's not there. Mm. I would literally walk into the gym six o'clock in the morning and I would smell Marvel light cigarettes. Like I was <laughs> been at the club all night or something and nobody had been here. I'm, my brain tricked me so much that I'm literally looking around the gym for who's in here smoking <laughs> at six in the morning. Nobody's here but me. Um, and I really had a hard time recovering as a result. I was doing all the things I was supposed to. I was seeing doctors. I was I was um, dealing with my electrolyte imbalances or balances. Um, I was I was doing PT drills and, and things to help recover from the concussion, and I wasn't. And so finally, I decided to look inward. I, I you know I I recognized a long time ago that our bodies want to heal themselves. They want to be in homeostasis. And most often, most often when they're not, it's because we're in the way. Mm. And that, that's all I could, that's the only thing I could think. Because I was doing everything I was supposed to, to get better. Um, so I started focusing more on the mental side of things, getting myself mentally out of the way. And a lot of it, that's what was going on. I, I went so far as to actually take a, a trip to Hawaii seeking out a spiritual healer. Mm. And basically what they, what they did with me was was about my mental health, about me mentally putting in my space, putting myself in a space where my body could heal. And once I, I started to really understand that, I dived more into it. I started, you know, really looking deeper and deeper into meditation, performing my own practice, creating my own morning routine when I wake up in the morning so that I can set myself up for success through the day. Again, that's part of taking care of your mental health, putting yourself in the best place where you can you can move forward. Or be the best version of yourself. Um, from there, you know, after I started dealing with with the concussion and things like that, it just I really started to make it a part of my my normal life, um, creating those routines, doing certain things just to put myself in a mental space. One of the things that I, I did that um, the action itself isn't big, but it's the discipline that comes from behind the action. Mm. So one of my favorite things to do was every morning before I walked out the house, I had to do a 30 second cold shower blast. Mm. And in and of itself, it doesn't sound like anything major, 
but the mental discipline, one, to stay in that cold shower for 30 seconds. 30 seconds is a long time with a cold shower, too. Two, to do it every day. So the consistency that comes behind it, what you're building it, just like we build muscle through repetition, it's the same thing with the brain. We have to train our brain. Mm -hmm. um, you, you, I've heard it said often, and I like to say it, we are not our thoughts. We have all these random thoughts processing through our head all day long, and they can range from good to bad or whatever. And when you're hearing these things, it's easy to start believing it. Mm -hmm. So if you start to train your, your, your mind like a muscle, you're going to get the, the results you want quicker, faster and stronger. So, yeah, no, I like, uh, and, I, and I feel like I feel like that's how we, you know, we we I sense that in your spirit, like when we first met, you know, and it's funny you said that because I was just telling somebody I, I try to detach my awareness, which I feel is neutral from my expression. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like at any given moment a time, if you annoy me, I'm going to express annoyance. And, and then people go, well, how do you not judge yourself? Because that was an expression. Like that was an expression based on how I felt in a moment in time. My awareness is perfect. You know, my awareness is neutral. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I feel like that's. It, it very much is like that. Um, being a, I call it being mindful. Mm. Taking in, even this moment we're in right now, there, there are ways to be mindful. Even though we're having this conversation, I could be mindful of that tractor or whatever noise that is I hear in the background. I can be mindful of this bag swinging over here to my left where I'm hearing those clicks and, and, and creaks. And so what I'm really doing is taking in the full moment that I'm, I'm immersed in. Both us right here, mm -hmm. this camera going, whatever, whatever it is, being mindful of my surroundings and how that shapes and molds the moment that I'm in. You get and, no, I, I heard, and, and I feel like it, when you just said that, uh, and this is like just conversation that's coming to me as I was going, because I was writing about like just my journey of life, right? And where I got right now. And I feel like, you know, I was a, a smart kid, a pretty, you know, awkward as, as most smart kids are, especially when you grow up in a, in a black neighborhood. You know what I mean? Um, I had, you know, both my parents around, so I was confidently awkward. Well, you know, as confident as you can be when you're awkward. <laughs> but it, it really wasn't until like high school where I developed my personality, meaning like, uh, I was a nerd, but I can play sports, so I was cool enough, so I attracted enough friends to make me comfortable. So I didn't, I didn't feel the need to like act outside of myself to get friends. So I was, I was comfortable with my flaws, you know what I mean? Like from a personality standpoint. And then in college, my personality grew full blown and all the stuff that comes with exploring a full blown, super confident personality. Uh, and then work, right? I feel like business helped me with mental discipline, uh, built more into it. But I feel like, um, you know, this phase of my life, especially with fighting, right? And this is where I'm getting to, you know, when when I started fighting and we were training, uh, you you were uh, my coach, my trainer uh, for my second fight. Um, and really for most, for the bulk of my journey now, um, I feel like fighting is a, fighting like leveled me up. You know what I mean? Yes. Be, 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 because when you, like when you sell stuff, you have to confront your inner demons because of the, uh, uh, you know, you have to move through all that resistance. Your own thought process. Uh -huh. Yeah. And then, and then when I did my podcast and you're putting yourself out there, that's a different level. But then when you're managing your feelings through violence, when somebody's trying to like take you out, 
<laughs> you're having to be calm. And you're having to be calm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a whole different level of, of awareness necessary to move through it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What, what, what are your thoughts on that? It's, I, I think one of the best things you can do is immerse yourself in, in martial arts training, particularly a martial art that deals with combat. Um, we, we've heard Joe Rogan say it very often. Fighting is often, uh, it's like high level chess. Hmm. with human bodies and dire consequences. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what you have to think of it like. It's, 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 it shouldn't be rock'em sock'em. It shouldn't be a brawl. It should be a mental warf warfare going on where you're trying to enforce your or impose your will on another human being. Um, and we're using our weapons to do that. We're using our hands. We're using our kicks. We're using elbows and our knees. Um, and I think one of the, the best things you can do is learn to discipline your mind in order to do that. If you can control your mind, your thoughts, your emotions, your feelings, then you're going to be in a much better position to take advantage of your opponent in a ring or in an, in an actual altercation. Mm -hmm. um, so absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 it, and it really helped me with, um, you know, I call it phase three when I learned this from my thoughts. You know, one of my favorite books was Thinking Grow Rich and it was like thoughts are things, right? Mm -hmm. And intellectually, like you understand that. And then when you get in, and then when you are, uh, and I'm applying it to fighting because I think it's important uh, and it's just more entertaining maybe to some of the business, but it's like uh, uh, when you get hit and it hurts and then you acknowledge that it hurts for too long it starts attracting all kind of like negative thoughts, negative thoughts, right? And then and and and, and you uh, either reverse the momentum of those negative thoughts, mm -hmm. or you get beat by somebody who probably shouldn't be beating you. I mean, it really, I mean, it's all mental. You know what I mean? Because I've been in rounds with guys that have way more experience than me, but just my, you know, the capacity to learn to. Acknowledge the momentum of my thoughts moving in the wrong direction and reverse yeah, that. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's funny you say that because I, I think it's also when we get inundated by those those negative thoughts or whatever, it, it does create that cascade, that that avalanche effect. But also what we don't realize is very often 80 percent of all this negative talk we have in our head is never coming to light. It's never coming to existence. It, 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 it's 80% of it is, is literally a fake, false, phony front in our head that's never coming anywhere near our existence. And if we can, if we can learn to shove that aside and put that in its place and understand what that is, we can use the feelings that it created. Um, I can't think of who it is, but it, it, they talk about fear. Um, speaking of mental health, so even right now, I, I see a counselor, I see a therapist, and one of the big um, discussions that we often talk about are, is fear. Every day through life, we as human beings have been geared since the beginning of our existence to deal with fear in, in one of two ways, fight or flight. In caveman days, fear served us well. It, it, we were fearful of animals that could eat us. We were fearful of, of ledges or things we could fall off and things like that. It's a safety mechanism. And our brain started to adapt it and, and use it to keep us safe. Here in 2023, we don't have those same fears. And so our brain 
has this useless momentum. And so our brain has decided, our thoughts have decided, okay, well, I need to make use of myself. So I'm going to instill these fears in Philip. And they're false, they're phony, they're, they're 90% of them are not what's gonna happen. You think about just your daily fears. I think about going broke. I think about not having enough money, all these things. And if I look at the reality of my life, I'm nowhere near that. But those thoughts consistently invade my persona and they shape how we act, they shape what, how we move about our day. And so when you see people very often who are moving through life and are not doing well for themselves, you can almost rest assured that they're engaging in a fear-driven thought process mm -hmm. as opposed to taking those, those, those thoughts and shaping them to become who they want to be. And I'm, I'm glad you brought the financial in there. And it's funny you mentioned that because I, I, at this point I laugh at myself because I've done it for as long as I've been in business, but at least it's less frequently now, but let's say once a month, once a week, maybe every two weeks, I have a thought, I have a thought, I go, there you go. And what if, like, what if I never make more money ever again for the rest of my life? <laughs> you know, like, like the thought used to come multiple times a day, yeah. you know, now it doesn't come daily, but something or something will happen in the week where I'll get frustrated at something and I go, I'm never gonna make any more money for the rest of my life, right? And then you go, it's not even, it yeah, doesn't make right. any sense. <laughs> it, it seems like such a, a childish, uh, and th that's what it is. Our, our brains really are the product of uh, our childhood. It, things that we learn throughout our childhood get reinforced into our brain over time. Um, and very often that's how we go about spending our adulthood until we become aware enough mm -hmm. using the mindfulness, using the meditation, using those things to understand that I'm in control, not my thoughts. Mm -hmm. my, my thoughts are a byproduct of chemicals in my brain. I get to choose what thoughts I have. I get to choose what emotions I engage in. I, I get to choose how I'm going to shape my existence. Mm -hmm. um, and, and once you start to recognize that, then you begin, you can actually do the work to put yourself in the position you want to be. I think you've done a very good job of that throughout your life. Um, we we talk about that. that, you know, just coming from a minority com community, coming from a, a disadvantaged background, whatever that may or may not be. I, for example, originally from Mississippi, one of the poorest, you know, countries, I'm sorry, poorest states in the nation, um, particularly from one of the poorest counties in mm. the nation. I don't know if you're familiar with it, Mount Bayou, Mississippi. Mm -mm. I spent some of my formative years there. Um, so Mount, Mount Bayou is poorer than Jackson? Yeah. Absolutely. Dang. Yeah. Mount Bayou was like a, a, an all-black um, settlement formed by slaves back in the day, I think. And one of the founders of it was I.T. Montgomery or something, someone like that. Mm. I, I don't remember the name specifically. But that's where I spent some of the formative, my formative years of high school at. And so what happens is in our childhood, because we're in environments um, those environments begin to shape our thought processes. We're responding to things mm -hmm. in our environment. And so I, I think as a child, I'd be growing up in somewhat a, in a state of lack, yeah. whether it was resources, whether it was money, whether it was opportunities, or just people around me who were, were forward-thinking, driven people. Coming from that space of lack, it's easy to take that thought process. I think I've talked with you about this before, and it shapes who you become as an adult. Mm -hmm. It affects how you make decisions and how you move through life. And for so long, I was dealing with that. And I think one of the things that happened with my concussion 
was I started to attack that the basis of who I was in that understanding mm-hmm. that I, just, I may have come from this doesn't make me who I am. Mm-hmm. I get I get to shape and determine who I am, and that's still an ever ever evolving process. So yeah, no, and I like the way you put that because it's more like when 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 we're maturing, you know, I tend to think of maturity as the ability to shape yourself, which is which is an ever increasing process, right? But like I said, the kids, we we don't have we don't yet learn the ability to shape our own perspective unless we're unless we're taught but we still got to be taught it from somebody who knows it and a lot right. of people just don't somebody practice it in your environment yeah somebody who's in your environment right and so um and as we get older we learn to shape our perspective and and i think that's that's what got me into doing this documentary was i've done you know my career is dedicated to teaching and investing about finance and, and finance is like a relatively simple idea you know in the, in the standpoint of it's like don't spend more than what you make put away some for a rainy day right and then and then investing even investing you go i can i can break down investing into the simple term of just bet on the ideas of the youth and diversify your money you know what i mean like it's really that simple don't you know don't don't believe that one generation's idea of an economy is going to be forever because it's ephemeral so if you understand that then you understand why Bitcoin and mm-hmm. all these things are here, uh, and you can ignore the resistant people who are saying it's it's a uh, it's it's a fad, right? And it's really that simple. Everything else is just um, emotional intelligence, right? It's it's the ability to process the change, right? And I feel like I feel like that for most people, that's the complexity is the change is triggering all kind of fears from a world that shaped them conditionally. Yep, I, I think about so turning from finance to martial arts. In, in the same space here, I look at the state of martial arts and combat sports in the world today, and it's being driven by the youth. You're seeing more traditional Muay Thai now being mixed with uh, modern combat sports in, mm. in ways. Um, even something as simple as the gloves we use these days. In, in, in um, old school Muay Thai, we would use eight ounce, 10 ounce, 12 ounce gloves or whatever. One championship today is is allowing their athletes to use MMA gloves in Muay Thai fights. Oh, yeah, they do and do that. Now, yeah. So uh, when you said, "Hey, you know, financial markets," not I, I forget exactly how you just said it, but you said the trends. You need to follow the youth, and I, I think that's a, a very true statement throughout life in general. So maybe not even just finance, mm-hmm. but period. We we think about technology and how. It, there's this ever increasing need for things to evolve. Everything's always moving forward. And it's easy for us to get stuck in a, in a state where we are. We get comfortable. Um, we think our perspective is the best perspective. Yeah. Or we, or we want to enforce our perspective. <laughs> we don't want to be putting it on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't want to learn that new. <laughs> right. And, and so I, I, I think that's definitely a lesson and a takeaway for every, everyone you know, both hearing this for ourselves to continue down is that one, we are ever, ever evolving and it, it would behoove us to continue to follow the strides of the youth because that's where things are going. And in order to be effective, you know, in order to be forward moving, in order for, for us to be better versions of ourselves, we need to stay on top of those things. We need, we need to be moving with those things, not being stagnant. So that's, that's a, that's a great takeaway for me today, if nothing else. Yeah, no, for me too. I definitely appreciate the 
investment you've had in my life. Thank you. You're 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 not just a friend. You're a brother. Likewise, bro. I you know I, I don't think I get to tell you enough, but I'm always in admiration for you about you. One as a father, I think you're very forward thinking in how you're raising your children, and that that means a lot to me as a father as well because. Um, I think I, I, I tend to look at family dynamics, especially in, in, in black families and the lack of a father figure. And so when I see a great father figure, I'm always proud and happy, but I, I, I especially admire and am inspired by you in the way that you're raising your sons, in the way that you're, you're teaching them how to think for themselves, how to, how to rationalize and make decisions based upon their thought process and not be influenced by things going on around them, not, not, not using, allowing their environment to dictate to them who they have to be. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm really grateful for you in that, man. I appreciate that, appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Well, one more point that, that came up when you said that, I think it'll be helpful and then we can, we can wrap up. Uh, Cause when you said it, I was like, yeah, that is what, that is what you do as a coach. I mean, so, because in, in this phase of my life, right, you think of like, you think of greats and you think of Kobe Bryant uh, and you think Kobe Bryant, not until he retired. From, I think Kobe Bryant would have developed into a great coach after he retired and he became softer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Kobe as a player, he was not going to be a great coach. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He would have ran everybody off. Right. Yeah. Because he just did, And I feel like, you know, phase you know, phase one was me learning my power. Phase two was me learning to balance my power. Phase three was me focusing my power, right? And then this phase is is similar to what you do as a fight coach is um, uh, helping awaken the power in others, right? Because for so long, like the power was just in me and, and I use it and I would be like, I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, you don't, like, you can't, you, you don't like apply discipline like you say you you, you know what i mean like you say you want to you say you want this goal be disciplined like i don't understand just that. do it yeah just do it you know what i'm saying <laughs> and, and and now this is the phase of my life where i'm probably having kids helped i mean just a lot of different factors um and when i was open to it i attracted people like you like other friends in my life who were who were uh you know softer in a good way you know to open me up and it's helped in our relationships, you know, my marriage and my friendships, you know, just being soft and helping to, what's, what's the word? Because it's, it's a thin line because you don't want to sympathize with your fighters, right? Because when you sympathize, you're like, you act, you acting like a weakling and I'm not going to meet you there. I'm going to be here and I'm going to call you to this higher level. Yeah, where you're capable of being and where you should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, like, what's the, what's the, you know, what's your... Uh, what's your opinion on 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 how you help call fighters to their to their higher level versus you know? It, I, I see it twofold. <laughs> One trial by fire, toss. <laughs> I've, I've had, and I think it varies with the personality you're dealing with. Mm. It, taking it back to fatherhood. I, I think because you know your, your children, you know who can rise to occasions for, for certain things. You know who, who needs a little bit more assistance or who, who doesn't in, in some ways. And so I think it does vary based on the fighter. I think about one of my fighters who 
had no competition experience, but very self-driven individual, very forward moving, um, could outthink me, you know, thinks outside the box. Fight opportunity came up. I, as a coach, I'm having to make this decision. Do I toss this person in there and allow them the opportunity to rise to the occasion? Or do I back off and get, get this person to a state where I feel they're comfortable? And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm charged with helping someone along their journey. And so in, in, based on that individual I'm dealing with, my thought process was, if I'm here to help this person with their journey, then I need to put them in a position where they can make the calls themselves. So of course, having those conversations with them telling them what I, I think they're capable of and or more and and setting them up for success by giving them those opportunities, whether it's a fight, whether it's the opportunity to train or whatever the case may be. Um, vice versa, I've, I've had other fighters who want those opportunities, but don't put in the work mm. and they don't understand what it takes to get there. And again, I'm as a coach, I'm poised to Am I holding this person back because of my thought process on this? Because I don't think they're ready or because I don't think they train enough or whatever the, the case may be, which may not be the case for them. Very often people put in work on their own. Uh, very often people spend more time than I have studying, you know, fight methodology. Yeah. I can't say that. Fight word. IQ. <laughs> and so uh, you're, you're a great example of that. Like you put in so much work on your own outside of me that it, it wouldn't behoove me to try to force you to do things my way. You, you have your way, your way not only works very often because you're so forward moving, you're three, four steps ahead of me and what I would have thought for you. Mm. So I, so me trying to coach you in some ways could limit you. And I don't want to, that's not the coach I want to be. I, I want my fighters to make the journey they're supposed to make, live the lives they're supposed to live without me unduly or having the wrong type of influence. Because that, that can happen with coaches inadvertently. We, we're, we're all ego driven to some degree. And I, 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 I have to be mindful. I have to learn to let my ego not get in the way of your progress as a coach. And that's what I was gonna say that the thing that I admire about you the most, and you can ask TJ when I talk, when, whenever I talk about you, I've said it dozens of times. I was like, I say, you know, uh, you know, I rock with George because he doesn't, from my perspective, he doesn't have any ego. You know what I mean? Because, because uh, I understand my personality and I was thankful that my, like you, you relate to me the way that my father related to me, meaning like, like I always knew where I was going or I, maybe I didn't know where I was going, but I knew I was going somewhere fast. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was, and I was blessed with a father that said like, I ain't got all the, you know, all the I don't got all the answers, but like, <laughs> I'm here to support you any way I can. I feel like that's, that's been our dynamic is, is you allowing me to, you know what I'm saying? Cause, yeah. cause, cause some coaches would have the ego and say, I know best. Da, 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 da. And then those type of personalities, like we're going to clash, you know, well, my older self would be like, I'm just not going to deal with you. Yeah. You know it, what I'm saying? It's hard, man. Cause I, you know, a lot of times we don't even realize it's ego. We, it's like you just said, we think our way is the best or we think this individual doesn't know what they don't know. 
and and things like that. So it, it's hard to pull yourself out of the way to allow somebody the space they need to grow and become who they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, our feelings get hurt and things like that with it as a coach. Because I was talking with uh, about this with another coach yesterday. I was out to dinner. As a coach, we invest so much of ourselves in in our own training, getting our skill level to a, a level to coach, getting our skill level up, and and also investing in the people who are around us. And so for me, that that investment is personal, you know, because I, I spent years training. I spent I spilled blood in a ring. I I I I, I spent tears crying about fake false. and so that that creates this um i don't know what you would call it but it it creates creates this ball of ownership of something Mm. almost like it's property and when i teach you when i when i'm giving you techniques or i'm i'm showing you something i'm giving you a piece of something that that i've created and it's personal to me and so it's easy for me as a human being because we're we're very ego driven to feel that ownership and not be happy with the way you deal with something I've given you or don't deal with. And so as a coach, that's one of the best things I can tell people is to check your ego. Mm -hmm. You know, you are not the person you're coaching. You, these tactics that I've learned aren't mine. I had to learn them from someone. They learned them from someone else. And so in, in giving that and passing that on to other people, it's hard as a coach to step outside of yourself and allow those people to sprout wings and fly, especially in today's age, because the youth being a youth driven sport are getting so much better than we ever thought we could be. Even. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're good. Yeah. Yeah. They're unconventional. Yeah. No, you're, you're good at it. I mean, I, I, like I said, I'm, I'm learning from you at this phase of my life. Cause the way, you know, the way that you're able to, uh, do that and vet different people and put ego aside and 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 and, and penetrate like the way you got my kick my my, uh, my <laughs> kick right I, m- I remember you for you know t- philip your kicks are too wide and i don't know what i'd be like oh whatever george you don't know what you're talking about and then finally i don't know how you got me to chain like this <laughs> you on that wall? <laughs> i was like huh, it is a better kick i get more hair <laughs> hey man well look i appreciate you anytime bro appreciate you Good work. Ooh. I got stiff up here now. That's why my leg came down. That's why my leg came down. I was like, oh man, my leg sleep. 